Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel and Hookset. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. Learning to discern, first of all, is knowing that we're not of this world. We're not of this world. Our principles come from a different place. And knowing that our principles come from this place, thy word is truth. This is the beginning of learning to discern. Folks, you understand? Are you following me? Does it seem too basic for you? Because there's a lot of Christians, and even in this church, who seem confused about some of the things that the culture is throwing their way. You have one authority. His name is Yahweh, God, the Creator. And this is the word that He has written through human authors and passed down to you as a gift. We're not allowed, Christians, to have our own opinions when they counter what the Bible says. Oh my goodness, Pastor, what did you say? I thought I was the arbiter of truth. It's my truth. Well, no. There is only truth. And all truth is His truth. There are absolutes. And one of them is this. That the Word of God, Old and New Testament, is truth. Period. It is truth. Jump with me now to Romans chapter 1, verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, unrighteousness of men who suppress what? The unrighteousness and ungodliness of men suppress the truth in righteousness, in unrighteousness. Because what, they, what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, that are created, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Folks, there is an innate understanding that there is a creator God. People that declare themselves atheists and reject and refuse to believe it is their own unrighteousness that is suppressing the truth. And that truth is evident in everything around us and even within them. And when it becomes more and more obvious, they dig in. And they're not alone. And they're an enormous, enormous force in this world. They are powered by satanic and demon forces. And Pastor, oh, you're getting too supernatural on me. I've never not been. Have I ever not taught the truth of angels and demons in this church? They are real. Both are here. One wants to lift you up and aid you. The other wants to shackle you and control you. Whew, man, I preached. Not now, though. See, 
his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is the world, church. This is the world without Christ. The world without the Word. They were not thankful. The arrogance of the world and the culture around us is so enormous. Mount Everest stands in the shadow it casts. They would not dare be thankful to a Creator. They would not dare be thankful to a Creator. Professing to be wise, they become fools. But remember, they will hate you, and they will call you a fool. They will call you a science denier. They will call you barbaric, childish. But they are the fools. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like, a, like corruptible man and birds and four-footed, anim, four-footed animals and creeping things. Now he's talking about idols that were created by this culture. These idols are still here today. Anything that is exalted above the truth of God is an idol. And they exalt themselves and their interpretation of data above God. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. What do you think is the most popular idol today at least in American culture? Self. I would say self, the creature. Worship the creature rather than the creator. Satan has been peddling this for years and years and hundreds and hundreds of years. If it feels right to you, do it. If it feels good for you, do it. As long as it's not hurting anybody else. But the problem with that thinking is there is a God who deems what is right and what is wrong. And it doesn't matter if it feels right to you or not. You are beholden to Him, Christian. These served the creature themselves. They worshipped themselves rather than the Creator today. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, in the same manner, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, one for another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do these things which are not fitting. 
being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, caters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. What's the next word? What is it? What is it? What, what's the series called? Learn to discern. They became undiscerning on what? untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Oh, Timothy, now, Paul is teaching. Guard what is committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. O Timothy, so we read Romans, and we see very clearly the culture is corrupt. Look around you, church. The culture is corrupt. We saw some specific examples, didn't we, in Romans chapter 1. That There are several churches today that claim that Romans chapter 1 is not saying what it says very clearly. Because the culture... Thank you. The culture is determining their faith. Now, though, he moves on to Timothy. Timothy was a pastor that Paul had led to Jesus or led in Jesus. He learned of faith from his grandmother and his mother, and Paul took him aside and, and mentored him and fathered him in the Lord. And now Timothy is going to be a pastor, and he says, Oh, Timothy, guard what has been committed to your trust, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Avoid profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. He's talking about Timothy going into a church and establishing that church on the firm ground of the truth of God. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Some of the people in those churches professing that this false knowledge is true, have swayed concerning the faith. Church, that can happen to Emmanuel. That can happen to us. Is the church at Ephesus still alive and well in Turkey? Is that original church, the gathering, the progenity of it, still gathering today? No. What happened? They lost the truth. In fact, they left their first love in Revelation. It teaches us that. So the truth of the Scriptures must never be ignored or replaced by anything. By anything. Absolute truth is a thing of the past unless it's their truth. In fact, when the culture tells you there is no absolute truth, what they are making is an absolute truth statement. That there is absolutely no absolute truth. And we are absolutely certain of that. And so their philosophy itself, church, is foolish. Of course there's absolute truth. Well, you're exclusive. You say Jesus is the only way. Yes, because the truth of the Bible says Jesus is the only way. I'm sorry that offends you, but that is the truth. And I love you enough to tell you. We can't ignore the Scriptures. When the Scriptures tell us something that convicts us, 
We shouldn't ignore it and go our, go our merry way and pretend that it didn't convict us. We need to confront ourselves, our flesh, and we need to bring it under the control of the Spirit. Now, in some cases, you have some stubborn habits. In some cases, you may even have addictions. I may even have addictions that we struggle with. But here's the key word, my friends. Struggle with it. Keep bringing it to the cross of Jesus. Confess your sins, your faults, one to another that you might help find help. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Folks, but don't ignore the Scriptures. The Bible talks about the wounds of a friend are faithful. The wounds of a friend are when you have people that are, you are accountable to and people that you speak with, they tell you the truth. And the truth sometimes wounds us. But those wounds are cleansing. We can't ignore it, nor should we ever replace it with any one or anything. If you ever have a pastor stand before you, and he begins to teach something other than the truth, other than the Bible, he begins to expound the Bible in such a way that it clearly ignores what the Bible is teaching. You do not fall for it. Whether it's me, Peter, Ron, or someone that comes in to pastor after me, you don't fall for it, you confront them. Now, there are times that a pastor's wrong. <clears throat> well, I'm a terrible Baptist now, because Baptist preachers never admit we're wrong. But there's times where I may misinterpret Scripture. In fact, I've had to correct a preacher here that misinterpreted a passage of Scripture. Do it gently, with love and grace. That's part of my job, by the way, is correct people especially preachers in this church, when they misinterpret Scripture. Aren't you glad for that? Right? We can't replace the Scripture by a person, by a celebrity preacher. We can't replace it. The Word of God is truth, not the celebrity pastor. And there's an incredibly influential pastor who has said these words. We need to unhitch the Old Testament from the New Testament. But the problem with that is, and he argues that the scriptures were not completed during the New Testament age, during the age of the early church. But what they had were the Old Testament scriptures that they would search for Jesus in, and they would use these Old Testament scriptures. You follow? In fact, the early apostles said that they must give themselves to the word of God in prayer. What word did they have in that early church? What were they thinking? Well, the word they had was the Old Testament that they would sit, I think they would sit together and they would study the word and they could say, well, I remember what Jesus told those two disciples who were walking on the road to Emmaus and he opened up all of the scriptures. The Old Testament scriptures were opened up by Jesus to these two disciples and how they kept pointing to him who must suffer and die. And so prior to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the Old Testament scriptures were different. They were veiled in mystery. Listen, the Old Testament is not just a book of history and poetry and prophecy. It is a book that points to Christ that was veiled until the New Testament exposed it with its glorious light of the gospel of Christ. So when we look at the Old Testament scripture, we read it through the lens of the knowledge of the New Testament. You don't unhitch one from the other because it's uncomfortable and people can't understand it and they accuse God of being a moral monster. And so you're going to allow the culture to determine 
what you believe? To demean and belittle your God? I don't think so. I once worked for a man whom I held in high esteem. He has since passed away. His name was Dave. Dave Douglas. I used to do his voice pretty good. He was an old fella. And uh, he was my first real employer. I learned the trades from him and his son. And I was very, very good at what I was doing. And uh, when hard times hit in the late 80s, right, the early 90s, recession hit, everybody got laid off, and I was one of the first ones they called back, and it was just me and him and his son and maybe one other. And There's nothing worse than taking your boss with you on the road as your helper. Angel, Josh, there's nothing worse than, where is, there's nothing worse than taking your boss with you on the road as your helper. It's true. I mean, I had this job. I had to cut out this uh, slide-in range. And it, uh, no, it was a drop-in, and it was going to be six inches from the front edge of the countertop. Does that sound like a lot? It is. Typically, it's like maybe three. And so Dave's like, we're not doing that. It had a drop-down vent behind it. He's like, you're going to cut a slot, and you're going to drop the vent down in the slot. You're going to cut another thing. And I'm like, yeah, but Dave, the instructions say, ah, you don't need the instructions. I'm making a command decision. He literally said that to me, and I'm like, fine. When it's wrong, it's all on you. And then I was just about to start cutting it, and I looked at the vent that he wanted to drop down in the little two-inch slot he wanted me to cut, and it had a big old motor soldered to the side of it. I said, hey, Dave, I don't think this is going to fit in that slot, do you? What do you think, Dave? You think this will fit in the slot? And he started getting mad at me. And I started riding him on the way home. Command decision, huh, Dave? Employers, you should also know when not to push your boss's buttons. I was in my mid-twenties, and I was not very good at that. He yelled at me and told me that he signed my paychecks. At which point I decided, okay, I've pushed too far. But there was another time I was with Dave, and I love Dave, but he had some very liberal views, and we were talking about a certain issue. And he said to me, Eric, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when, when science finally proves the Bible wrong? What are you going to do, Eric, when science finally proves the Bible wrong? What would you say, church? Do you want to look like an idiot? Nobody wants to look like a dope. But do you believe in the Bible? Do you believe the Bible is truth on every area that it speaks on? If you do, the world is going to think you a fool. And so I said, well, it's going to be awfully hard because it's never going to happen, Dave. And why don't you just admit... <laughs> I said some unfavorable things, and then he yelled at me again and reminded me who, pissed, who signed my paycheck. I started to think I was not really a great employee at times. I was a great employee. We just had a good relationship. Our argument never resolved, but his claim never materialized. And that was back in 1995, maybe. In fact, since the days of Jeremiah the prophet, 
The enemies of God, even those who claim to be his people, have been ignoring and twisting and maligning and dismissing and even attempting to destroy the truth of Scripture. People in great power. In fact, the king took the scroll of Jeremiah that he had written and threw it into the fire trying to destroy the word of God. And so God said to Jeremiah, Addendum! You wore a yoke of wood to show them they must go into captivity? Well, I want you to make a yoke of iron and go see the king now. What was going to be an easy captivity to you has just changed, O king. Thus saith the Lord. It hasn't stopped. All the way back in the Garden of Eden, a real place with real people that Jesus himself referred to in the beginning. He made them male and female. Male and female created he them. Paul the Apostle said, Adam was the first man and Jesus is the second Adam, the new man, created for us, or not created, but sent for our salvation. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? Did God really say? It's still happening today, church. It continued in the desert where the, where the devil said, if thou be the son of God. Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give His angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands, that you will not strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus told them, it's also written, do not test the Lord your God. He would not fall for the devil's devices. People will try to take the Scripture and twist the Scripture, or take it out of context, or ignore other clear passages of Scripture to trip you up. We need to learn to discern And though the Bible is not a book of science, whatever the Bible speaks on, it speaks truthfully. You've heard me talk about some of these. Back until the late late 90s, early 2000s, people, the scientific community generally believed that the mind was set, brain was set as you came out of adolescence. And they've now uh, began to understand that there is a scientific term called neuroplasticity where the mind can be changed. Imagine that. The mind can be changed. Your character can be changed. Your personality even can be changed. What does the Scripture say? Be ye renewed by the transforming of your mind. Or be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. There are rivers of air in the atmosphere. The wind goes toward the south, turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continuously and comes again on its circuit. Every time you watch the weather and you see the circuits of air, we have a trough building here and all that, I hope that you remember that passage and say, wow, wow. God had already revealed that to the King Solomon when he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Wow. It's amazing. The earth is suspended on a turtle's back. Job says the earth is suspended on nothing. Wow. Wow. The oldest book in the Bible, Job. That's amazing. Rivers run to the sea and return back to their place again. Wow. Amazing. And so church, in closing... We must stand on the Word.
if I could have the worship team come forward, without the biblical accounts of Jesus, we wouldn't know him. His mission to seek and save that which is lost would be lost to antiquity without the enduring word of God. Without the Old Testament, what prophecies would Jesus have fulfilled to prove that he was the Messiah, the promised one? Well over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament were fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Things that he couldn't plan for ahead of time, his birthplace being one. Being born of a virgin, being another. Things that Jesus had no control over, he fulfilled these prophecies. That's the one of the wonders of the Old Testament, is when we look at the Old Testament and we see the prophecies of Christ being fulfilled in the new. Church, we can't lose our awe of the Word of God. Without the Word of God, we wouldn't know that there's a way back to our Creator. Without the Word of God, we wouldn't know about His nature, about His mercy. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. Without the Word of God, we, we wouldn't know that God delighteth in giving mercy. He takes joy in giving mercy. Without the Word of God, we wouldn't know Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Without the Word of God, it's a gift to us and through us a gift to the world. We'd see creation around us and within our hearts and we would, amazing, we would understand there's an amazing creator but without the word of God, without the Holy Spirit using the word of God, we would be forever lost. And so stand on the word. Stand on the word. If we allow ourselves to accept the word or parts of the word that they could be false, we've already failed ourselves and those around us and we fail the cause. Folks, we must stand on the Word of God. It's the foundation for learning to discern all of the chaos around us. Hey all, thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com where you'll find helpful links and resources and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing.